Um, but I was like, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, next week, this was on like a Thursday night or something. I was like, next week, I'm going to go to this place called Live Oak. It's still in Auburn. And I was like, I'm just going to ask them if I can play for like two hours, like during dinner time or whatever. And I'll just do it for free. And if they don't like it, then they can tell me not to come back or whatever. Like I'll just play. I won't even ask for tips. So I can just do it and they see if they like it or not. Um, the intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We're back again. That is right. We're back once again with another great episode for you. And we have two great interviews for you this week. Chad Watson's back for our tasting notes as he uh, maybe goes on a rant, or maybe I do. You'll just have to stick around and find out. And our conversation is with up-and-coming country singer, songwriter Reed Houghton. It's a great chat as he's got some new music out. Uh, you won't want to miss that. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, even on YouTube as well. Don't want to miss anything like our neat and mixed reviews, our shorties of those reviews, and so much more. You can get more at hopspirits.com. Like I said, Reed Houghton is our conversation, but up next we talk tasting notes with Chad Watson and do daily drinkers still exist? Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here on Tasting Notes once again, he's better known as My Daily Bourbon on Instagram. He's part of the Bourbon Life crew. Welcome back, Chad Watson. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It has. It has. I mean, Christmas time was technically like the last time we did anything, and that was a lot of fun to see what Santa would drink. It it was. Uh, and if I recall, there were some topics we went over that we just that didn't seem to, to make it out. <laughs> and we might be, I don't know, I'm going to play the fifth on all that. So with our topic this week, <laughs> this week, uh, Santa might have, you know, the host might have got into all the bottles that Santa got into. That's what, that's what happened. Hey, and, so and that, That's fine. That's fine. But uh, with, with that in mind, I figured we'd revisit some of those topics because I liked your questions, and I want to be a little more coherent when I when we're talking about them. So, <laughs> the first one that you brought up, you know, after the what you know, what would Santa drink? Is is there a daily drinker anymore? And I think that's a pretty thought provoking thing with today's bourbon. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to in honor of of this topic. This this right here was my daily drinker at one point in time, Buffalo Trace. Um, I mean, and it was for the last month too. Yeah, oh my God! Well, yeah. Let's <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back to that. Uh, yeah, let's let's reconvene on that later. Um, there's it's crazy because me included. There are so many things like that used to be my daily drinker, like Knob Creek Nine Year, Very Old Barton Bonded slash Crafted. Whenever that changed, you know, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond and. Um, the six year green label 90 proof. I mean, there's just so many things like, yeah, that's a daily drinker things that I could go to daily without questioning. So, you know, I didn't used to, I didn't used to have all this. Um, this, this wasn't even a thought. I used to have a two bottle rule, one open, one, one, two open. And then once I got through one bottle, I'll get a second bottle. And at some point in time, I got to the point to where it went from, I have a three bottle, the 10 bottle, the 30 to 300. And then, and I feel like a lot of people are getting that way. And, you know, I don't know about you, 
but I like variety and I feel like more and more people as they're getting into American whiskey also like variety. So yeah, you've got your people who drink their Jim Beam white label every day. You've got your Evan Williams black label. You've got your ancient age, your benchmark and those kind of products. But those people are, I feel like a different generation. Mm -hmm. I can, I, I mean, because of where I work and what I do, I get to know people and I do know that there are some people who come in, you know, probably about our age and they do have a daily drinker, but 90% of all the other people want something different every single time. And I asked this question a lot to people is, is the daily drinker dead? Like, is that still a thing? You know, and it's a topic that every time I bring up it, no one ever seems to, to know. It's a very weird situation to be in that, you know, 2023, there's more bourbon than you can ask for. And people are still looking for, for this. And I mean, this, this is an infinity blend that I did of everything I drank last month, but, um, people are looking for like that. And if they can't have that, they can't have a daily drinker. And I, I, I just think that there's so many more options out there, but I think in the, in the industry part, you know, where the industry is today, like that may not be a thing anymore. Uh, you you could be right, and it could be. Um, I, I was actually thinking about this for one of our other topics that we'll, that we'll be discussing down the road here on the on the podcast. But I think it goes with this one, and I liken it to craft beer, maybe where you know when we were in college and stuff, we pretty much had our couple go tos. Then we got into craft beer, and we went down a wild rabbit hole of all these yeah. wild things. And now I, I I still love craft beer, and I still love to dabble in it, but I have gone much more back into uh, Miller Lite and Coors Light and things like that because I can get a 30 pack for $25, whereas I could get four beers for $25 of some of the craft brands. And I'm wondering if, in some sense, our generation's part of the daily drinkers that are gone, gone away, if we haven't done that with bourbon and we're in the, the, the try everything craft beer phase where they're going to throw everything at us. I, I, that's a really good point because, I mean, the, it, it's weird. I've, I was into beer before I was into bourbon. I was really into barrel aged stouts and you know, I've got some that are way old and things like, uh, Lexington brewing, you know, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale was like a staple. That was like one beer I always kept around. And, and then as I got more into like saisons and farmhouse ales and, you know, sours and hazy IPAs. I hate standard, like, you know, I hate your bitter piney IPAs. I want my citrusy fruit. I want those juicy notes, but, and, and I, I did that for a couple years, primarily during the pandemic. I, I really like took a complete 180 into what beer I liked. Cause man, I, I love Miller high life. Like I <laughs> love Miller high life and there's nothing wrong with Miller high life, but I've probably not had one in four years because I've been on like that, that, that craft beer journey. Like I've, I've done that journey once before found out what I liked. And then now it's like re re exploding again. And yeah, I think our generation with bourbon is that because we have all these brands that are now like expanding or there's, you know, like Barstown bourbon company, people they're, who they're producing for their stock, 60 brands coming out this year, just that it's sourcing from Barstown bourbon company. So that's 60 more brands to get to know. And I mean, it, it is just like craft beer. That was a really good example. Like, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect compliment to those lifestyles, but craft beer. I mean, the boom for that was like, damn, like 2010. Like, I feel like, 
I, I could be wrong, but I feel like I was in college whenever every everyone needed every town needed to have a brewery, every town needed to have a shitty IPA. And, you know, you had to have like, the, you know, the, this town makes the best one or this, you know, like, and I, we are coming back, you know, that's coming full circle, especially with craft beer again, but with bourbon, the boom happened eight, 10 years ago. And now we see the the consequences of that. And I guess. And, and, uh, and I'm curious too, cause like I said, the, our generation did that when we were a little younger. And I think a lot of us have moved on to bourbon. Not that we've given up beer a, at all. Uh, I mean, I still love Hell, I think I drink more varieties of of alcohol nowadays with what what we do, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but um, I have expanded my palate. Is how I like to look at it. But, That's but, the that that is the PR way to put it. So, uh, but you know, but it it really is that way. We're 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 now dabbling in something else, and uh, it's it's interesting because I do have a couple like decanters out here that I, I have like my house bourbon in. And I think one of the ones doesn't even exist anymore. The Earl setter, which I really, really no, loved him. That, that stuff is fantastic. And I'm sad it's gone, you know? So, I mean like that, that's gone. And then, you know, I think back to when I first moved to Kentucky, like eight years ago, Buffalo trace, it took off like four shelves in a, yeah, you know, I mean, in you, liquor you, barn. You couldn't get rid of it. I mean, you'd, and then now I've got this much space on a shelf for it at work when it does come in and that's my dog. I'm sorry. But when it does come in and, and, and like grown ass men are waiting just to get regular Buffalo traits. And there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, are we going to get to the point where people are waiting for Jim Beam white label? Like, is that ever going to be a thing? No, it's not going to be a thing because you know what? It's, there's still options out there. And I, I think that, people become attached to one thing and then they're always like, I want to find that next. <laughs> My dog's wild. She, I think she wants to make an appearance. <laughs> I'm going to mute this and yell at her. I hope that muted. I just yelled for the mic. It did. <laughs> did it really? It did. It really did. <laughs> we'll edit this out, but. <laughs> but I mean, oh no, you're good. No, I was do you need to yell at her again? <laughs> no, my, my girlfriend's in there. <laughs> oh, but oh, that's fun. It, but I mean, it really is to the point though. You wonder about is there daily drinkers for us? Because I feel like we all dabble so much, and you know there are some good ones that I'll always go back to and keep on the shelf. Like I really love Chattanooga whiskey, so it'll kind of be there. Maybe some Breckenridge rum cask, things like that. But there's not a ton that I would do that for these days. No, and Green River is kind of the one for me. Kind of like if you want to bring in like a new age or a new brand. I mean, it Green River was that last year, last yeah, last spring. Man, I feel like I've been talking about it for five years already. Uh, I mean, that I guess that is you know five years in the bourbon world, but uh, that's probably one for me. EJ Curley small batch, um, but. I mean, that's a $50 bottle. I mean, like for me, daily drinkers are you know, sub 20, which is where you get into your heaven Hill bonded products, wild turkey one one But it does, I, I think that says something about, you know, 30 to $50 it is kind of like the new daily drinker range for, for, you know, maybe, maybe not our, just our age, but people who are interested in bourbon, they, they want something different besides J.W. Dant and, you know, Evan Williams Black Label. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you because both of my, well, 
the Chattanooga is in that 30 to 50 and the rum cask is, uh, is unfortunately higher than that um, as it's gone up and they've been bought out. But it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, go back to those other ones. Cause I feel like they're just going to sit there for, for me and I don't want that either. <laughs> well, I, and that's, yeah, same here. Like I, I had a drink of Rittenhouse rye. I'm so sorry. My dog is being uh, an asshole. Um, it's always when I want to do something. But I had a drink of Rittenhouse rye. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! Like anyone out there, if you want a corgi, uh, I mean, this is a PSA. You can leave this in. If you want a corgi, uh, I I would advise you want loud sounds and barking all the time, everything chewed up, and to be bit at the ankles. They they are sharks. Um, Now back to your regular broadcast. I had a drink of Rittenhouse rye when the power was out the other night. And it was probably the first time in like a year that I've had Rittenhouse rye. And I was really just like, wow, you know, this is, this is a fantastic rye whiskey. And it used to be sub 20. And then I was like, what's the most current price on it? 25 to 30 bucks. Not bad, but there's cheaper rye whiskeys out there that are just as good. Like Old Forester, 100 proof rye. So it's kind of hard for me to say, yeah, make this your daily rye but it, it's gone up. I thought, I think I, I liked it so much because it used to be sub 20. And then now that it's pushing 30 in most places, it's kind of hard to say this should be like your everyday rye. So it's kind of weird that like even five, 10 bucks can really kind of like swap certain products. But I mean, it's, it's just kind of where the market's heading. So 35 to 50 bucks is kind of where my daily drinker realm has, has landed. It's wild, and I and I feel like it might might keep going up. Uh, we'll, we'll see, and and we've got some fun topics coming down the pipe. So, folks, stay tuned for our next chat with Chad. And and Chad, thanks for you know ranting with me a little bit. Hey, thanks for having me to rant with. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopsSpirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, he's a country artist, songwriter. He's got a couple new songs out now called Day You Don't, and she is. Please welcome in Reed Houghton. What's up? And did I say it right? Yeah, that's right. You killed it. <laughs> I was nervous. I, I, I felt too confident. And I, then after I said it, I was like, I'm worried. <laughs> better, better than most. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I feel good. So how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's good to be on here. I'm good. I'm good. I've I've got a drink. I got a little um, a little fry ranch bourbon out of Nevada. Um, you got anything good tonight? I uh, actually these people called Oak and Eden. Mm. They sent me a bottle um, of their. It's some sort of honey uh, whiskey, and uh, so I'm trying it out. It's good you liking stuff. it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's great. I've I've, I've never had it. They just uh, I think they found me on Instagram or something. And they sent me a bottle. Um, so I was like. Figure I'd have a drink with you on here tonight. A perfect, perfect. Now, are you a, typically a bourbon whiskey guy, or, or what, what's your favorite kind of maybe drink if you're I having one? In the scenario, but I think we're here lately. It's been a lot of Jack and Ginger. Mm. There um, you go. I don't know. Like whiskey's good on the throat, you know. So like, it it feels nice to have a whiskey drink. It feels like it loosens my throat up a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of like whatever, you know. Like I like wine a lot too. I like a lot of red wine. 
Well, see, uh, so, okay. So uh, speaking of that, I'm just getting into that now, which is weird. I was craft beer forever, bourbon lately. We went on a trip to Patagonia down in Argentina recently for my wife and I's like 10th anniversary trip with a, a couple of friends of ours, and like red wine, Malbec is like their thing. And now all of a sudden, I'm that I told my wife the other night I'm feeling a little whiny. <laughs> I like it. It's a good. It's a good relaxing. Uh, it is. Book. It is, it, it, and you, it's a whole lot cheaper to split a bottle between uh, <laughs> you and your significant other than going out and having a couple bourbons or a couple beers. <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly. Now, I, I have to ask you this. You know, if anyone follows him on social media, they probably have seen this video. But uh, So can your voice just make babies stop crying, any baby, or just specific ones? That's what ones? they're saying. That's what they're <laughs> saying. Um and supposedly, I just was home for like a few hours the other day, and supposedly it's gotten even, you know, the reaction from baby Charlie has gotten even more crazy, so I'm ready to get home and make some more videos. I was going to say, we're going to have like a part two, part three, just a yeah, series going. As she gets older, uh, to see how the, the reactions change, you know, until the point where she's like 16 and she's like, doesn't think it's funny anymore, you know. <laughs> now, now, can you tell us a little, like, uh, a bit about how that that's that story came to be? Because it's it's a family friend, right, or, or something like that. That, I, like, uh, if I remember right, that was around Christmas time, and um, we were just all hanging out. Like, we all—that's how we are. Like, my mom's friends, um, they—it's just a huge family affair, basically. Um, but so uh, Sydney is baby Charlie's mom. Um, and she had been playing the baby, the song while she was still in her belly, you know, um, on like a YouTube video or something. Um, so we were like, you know, let's see what she'll do in person. Cause like she always said she would kick around or whatever. We were like, you know, didn't think much of it, but sure enough, you know, right when I started playing, like it, it was like, that's you, you know? So it was crazy, but that was just all kind of like accidental. Like it weren't even, I didn't even know I was being videoed, um, my girlfriend actually was just like brought out her phone and was video and then sent it to me. I was like, yo, you should post this. Like, this is crazy. I didn't think much about it. You know, I just thought, you know, and, you know, when I was watching it, I did, but, um, I didn't think anybody else would care as much as they did. It's crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, it went viral. I think it's got 3 million or so views on TikTok. You ended right. up on the today show to talk about it. Like, did you ever no. expect all that? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the today show thing was so crazy too. And like nobody on my team, even like the people who pitched it to get played like didn't even know it was going to happen until the day of so super crazy i like found out a facebook comment i saw some people comment on my facebook I just saw you on the news and i was like oh boy you know what <laughs> what's, or what you know but uh it was good it was, yeah it was amazing i mean it was just like a whole that day didn't even seem real like it still doesn't even seem real well, and, and you do music for a living. That's your day job. It's not just right. always making babies cry. Although you could probably make a good living off of that too, I, I would think. That's right. Maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. That's fair. That's fair. Now, I, I enjoyed reading something about you when it comes to music that you didn't really want to be the front man of a band. That was never your goal. Why is that? Well, not initially. And that was like only for yeah, a initially, yeah. period of time. But I mean, like, I was just so obsessed with the guitar, like, so I wasn't like, you know, I didn't think to myself, oh, I didn't want to sing or be the guy, like, I just wanted to be a guitar player, whatever that looked like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything, um, not that I do now, but, uh, 
I, I just wanted to play guitar, man. I just thought I thought it was so cool. I, I mean, I still have like just an absolute infatuation with, you know, different kinds of guitars and different sounds and and whatnot. So it was just an obsession with that, and I was just, that's all I cared about at first. Uh, and so I started taking lessons at my church, and um, then he would make us sing. You know, everybody in the group had to sing like one song per week or something. He, anybody like he he gave us a speech he was like it's not about the singing uh, you know it's just about being in time you know yeah. and so we would just all sing we just belt it whatever nobody laughing or, i mean we kind of laughing but nobody like we're seriously making fun it was just like cool you know it was all about the guitar playing um but then so i realized going home and playing or whatever that everybody else would rather hear you sing to if you're gonna be playing like at a house party or something so i was like ah oh, well you know so it, then I ended up, you know, singing way more than playing guitar. So now, unfortunately, I don't, you know, I'm not as good of a guitar player as I wish I was. <laughs> but you still have that love of the guitar now. What Do you have a, a few that are like old faithful that will always go with you? And are you still put, putting those in the shows? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I have a Gibson that is actually in the shop right now because I cracked it. But my acoustic Gibson J45, it it will be always with me for sure. And then I have a few different electrics, but yeah, um, I'm just a huge guitar nerd for sure. Now I was going to say, do you have a collection? Do you, do you also have a few up on the wall at the house and things like that? I, I don't have enough money to have a collection, but uh, <laughs> I have more than I need, certainly. So one day, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I were to ever have money, it would all be spent on guitars. I mean, there's worse things that you could spend your money on. <laughs> Now, you like you said, you eventually began to the point where you're singing, you're doing doing a lot of that. Is it true that when you were kind of breaking into the scene down there at, at Auburn, uh, where you went to school, that you were literally just going up to bars, knocking on doors, saying, "Hey, can I play?" and I'll do it for free. Well, that was the plan. That like I was like I had it in my mind. It was so weird, and I think this probably sounds too crazy for people to believe it, but whatever. Um, but I was like, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, next week, this was on like a Thursday night or something. I was like, next week, I'm going to go to this place called Live Oak. It's still in Auburn. And I was like, I'm just going to ask them if I can play for like two hours, like during dinner time or whatever. And I'll just do it for free. And if they don't like it, then they can tell me not to come back or whatever. Like I'll just play. I won't even ask for tips. So I can just do it and they see if they like it or not. Um, so that was in my head and then I went I was at this other bar and the guy was like hey the owner wants to talk to you and I was like absolutely not I'm not I was like 19 or something I was like I'm not going to talk to the <laughs> owner of the bar absolutely not and he was like no 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 like it's about music whatever so I walk in there and he's like hey I saw your video uh you want to play here on Wednesday and I was like yeah uh how long is the set you know and he's like ah you know like nine to one or something it was like a big big time slot and I was like <laughs> sure and I had to go home and in like three or four days learn like all the top 40 hits you know or whatever you know I was like <laughs> learning as many covers as I could learn but yeah so the plan was to you know I was just gonna go there and ask places like yo I'll play for free because in my head I was like if I if, if they'll just let me play there I, I bet they'll ask me to come back you know I don't know so you were but, confident you were confident well I just figured you know my friends would come and so that's kind of what happened, you know. I played at this place called Bourbon Street, which is like ended up being like the whole basis of the start because 
that guy, his name's Ryan Knoll. He let us play there. Um, and it was like a ton of kids in there. It was all my friends, you know, probably just more so interested in like, our friends going to get up there and play. Like I don't think <laughs> they really knew that I actually could play a little bit, you know? Um, I think it's more for shock value, maybe. But uh, they all showed up, and then it just got bigger and bigger. But um, yeah, I mean, I that was the whole plan. And then I didn't have to do it, which thank the good Lord. <laughs> it worked out. The plan plan came to fruition a different way, but it, it's still a plan. <laughs> That's right. It never never looks how you think it's going to look. Now, where did your love of music come from? I mean, did you always kind of grow up just around music or family? What where did that love of music come from? Well, I'm the only, I'm really the only musician in my whole family that I know of. Um, but my dad is a super big fan, like of all, I mean, the list goes on and on, but he's a super big music fan. It doesn't really matter what genre, anything, just like diving in. I remember him just watching a ton of documentaries and stuff on different bands. And, um, and then my mom really enjoys music, um, but not, you know, on as deep of a level as he does. But so they were super interested, but I mean, I don't know. I just felt like I always had an attraction to it. It was like I was born like that. Like I remember being like a small kid and like barely being able to hold a guitar and thinking like I want I'm gonna, I'm I'm Johnny Cash, you know what I mean? Um I don't know. It was just like nobody had to had to make me interested. I was just like that's awesome immediately. Well, and then I'm guessing obviously country was something you grew up on, but um, you know, if, I'm going to date myself, but did the iPod, if you hit shuffle, it was like any genre coming through all, all the big names, all the, all the hits from no matter what genre. Well, I wouldn't really say I was too big of a country fan until I was probably like 16. Um, I mean, definitely thing, you know, def, definitely listened to country and heard country and enjoyed it. But like, I, I didn't really like dive into it for myself until I was, until I was in my truck driving around for real. Um, but really like, I remember hearing like the Eric church Carolina record mm. and I was like, Whoa, like, what is this stuff? You know? Um, so yeah, I didn't really listen to country until then, but it was like, I don't know. I've always been really just guitar oriented. So like a lot of rock stuff, um, big, like John Mayer fan. Like I, that was like ruling my world for a while when I was, you know, a young guy. Um, but it's just been a lot of different things, but mostly just things that are guitar oriented, honestly, whatever that might be, which usually ends up being a lot of rock stuff, alternative music, whatever. Or, um, I mean, country has so much great guitar playing. I think that's why I love it too. Stuff that's bluesy and whatnot. I was going to say a little, little Southern rock mix in there. It's, de yeah, it's definitely a, a big influence these huge, days. My dad's a huge Skinner fan. Like that's like the first music I remember hearing. It's like swamp music, Leonard Skinner like that stuff has been a huge influence and like that's a lot of what i'm trying to do now um that i've kind of like re-geared or not really re-geared but just like figured out what i want to do you know this is the first full project so um a lot of i feel like this is truly like the music that i grew up listening to you know well i was gonna say i mean you grew up in a small town in, in alabama i mean what kind of impact did that have on on the music because I'm, I'm guessing like you said it was southern rock southern everything right I, mean, I just don't even know if i would be playing without growing up there because i mean that's like there's nothing like that's what we did we hung out like we stayed they, my parents still do it like i was talking about the video of the baby like that friend group hangs out and we play music my neighbor's dad growing up my best friend um his dad's name is joel and he uh 
he would always be playing. We would just be like, this is awesome. You know, he was like the life of the party when he'd be playing. Like we were like, how, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, he has everybody's attention in this room. Like everybody thinks he's the coolest guy, you know? And I, or I, at least I always did. Um, but yeah, man, I think that has such an impact because you're like, what are we going to do tonight? Well, I guess we'll all sit around and drink beer and make read play guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, that has such an impact. Well, I mean, have times changed that much? I mean, <laughs> same town as it used to be, I guess. I mean, growing up for a while there, you couldn't even buy alcohol there, but um, that's changed. You can now. So that, you don't got to drive to the next county line over. Well, and, and now you're playing a little bit bigger shows. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the video of, uh, um, that you posted of you telling your dad that you were going, <laughs> going to play some shows with John Party. <laughs> he was loving that. I mean, we've been big John Party fans for a while. Um, so we, that was like a huge, huge moment. I mean, hell, half the songs we cover when we were playing like college sets were like John Party songs. So we were so pumped about it. And I knew he would, that's why we were video. And I mean, I literally told my girlfriend, I was like, video this because he's going to say something crazy. <laughs> and he was fired up. Well, but I mean, it's a like big he's, deal. He is a huge uh, John Party fan, but a much bigger Reed Houghton fan. So he was really happy maybe more than me even <laughs> <laughs> well and, and what's it like getting to go out and you know do shows like that and even go on tour i mean i know you kind of did a little run here recently with a, a kentucky boy and uh, tyler booth yeah i mean the shows are where it's at for me like that's my whole interest like like i said like i just wanted to play guitar so therefore like i just want to play music you know just trying to get out there and put me on a stage somewhere i don't really care as long as there's people there you know um, but the tour touring is great. It makes it all worthwhile and playing like a show as big as we did with John party is like definitely makes the lows worth it. Cause it's definitely a roller coaster. You know, not every day is an arena. Like there's, you know, a lot of shows where there's not that many people showing up. Um, cause it's, you know, we're at that stage, we're grinding it out, which I mean, I'm happy to be here. This is the most fun you'll have. I think, you know, a lot, that's what a lot of people say. Once you get to the top, you're just hanging on. So I'm enjoying the ride. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, being able to put out music and, and and some really good music at that, how cool is it when you, you know, it's one thing to pay, play covers and have people enjoy hearing you sing and, and stuff like that, but when they come and hear you sing and they're singing your songs and things like that, or they're at least starting to recognize your songs, how how cool is that? That's what's really crazy. I mean, so we, we just played a show in Auburn on Thursday, this past Thursday. And like, I mean, obviously since that's where we started, like, that's one of the main places that we'll see that. Cause you know, 90, 90% of the places we're playing in, it's, we played there once or twice or something, but like come back to Auburn and they sing and it's mind blowing. I mean, it, it, every time it, I think, you know, if you saw it a million times, you would still think it was crazy. Um, so it's, I mean, you just try to stand out there on the edge of the stage and take it in, you know, it's unlike anything, unlike any other feeling you could have. It's awesome. It makes it all worth it. Well, and, and you've got two new singles, like I said at the top, that, that you put out. Uh, the first was uh, Day You Don't, uh, which is a, a kind of a fun, upbeat song, a little play on words there, th things like that. Can you talk a little bit about how that one came to be? Yeah, so we were writing with Rivers Rutherford, who's like a great Nashville writer. Uh, he's written, he wrote some big hits, uh, Ain't Nothing About You, Brooks and Dunn, if I'm correct. And like he wrote The Highwaymen. He's written some crazy stuff. 
um, Ben Foster and Joy Beth Taylor, who who are I guess a little bit older than me or maybe my age. Um, they're incredible songwriters, um, and we just like came in there and I th- I want to say I had the title or some variation of it, and maybe I'm wrong, but um, I think Rivers really is what brought the groove to that whole thing, and I just latched onto it. I was like, whatever that is, like let's do it. And he was kind of unsure about it. He was like, you sure? You like you like this? He's like, this is kind of like an old thing. I was like, yeah, I love it. You know, so I just we we really just had to encourage Rivers to be Rivers. Um, and then those two were doing their thing, but it was, it kind of just shook out. I remember it was a great day. It was pretty painless. And, and to, to kind of put that out as, you know, the, the first song of the year, why, 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 why that one? And, and what made that one stand out to you? I mean, I just felt like it was a good transition to this new sound. It was like not the most extreme one, but not too mild, you know, um, it was just a good bridge to show people like, Hey, something, something else is about to come out, you know, like a new thing's coming. Um, it just felt like the one, I don't know. We just knew part of it too, was that that was that one. And one more that's going to come out later were written like really close together. And I can that's kind of like when I came to the team, it was like, yo, here's a thing. Like, I don't know what this is like, you know, this game, this is straight from my head. Like, this is who I am, you know, and let's build around this. And they were like all in because they, you know, they obviously had said like, yo, we love these songs. And then I was like, yeah, I think this is a thing that lives together. And so let's kind of build around it. I didn't, you know, I'd been looking for some songs like that, but really didn't know how to make it happen. And it finally shook out. So, um, I don't know. It was just kind of like a, all at once thing and now it seems to be like it gets easier to do it's because you're just being more yourself you know you kind of broke through with the maybe not writer's block but the the song block or whatever it was i think you have to write a lot of songs to figure out who you are you know sometimes you have to say what you think you want to say a lot before you what what really is on your mind comes out you know now now what was on your mind when you decided to put out she is because that's definitely more personal, a little more stripped down than that you don't. Right. Well, I'll say that part of putting she is out when it came out had to do with obviously with the success it was having on social media. We wanted to, you know, if if the people wanted it now, let's put it out, which we'd already recorded it. Um, it was coming out regardless, uh, you know, but just so happened that they blew it up before we had planned on. But, but, you know, She Is was a song we always knew we were going to put out. I mean, I wrote it in 2020, and I was like, on that day, I was like, we're going to put this song out. I just don't know when. But we pitched, I mean, uh, my publishing people at Riverhouse, they pitched it around to so many people, like a bunch of major artists, because they were like, this thing's a hit, you know? And for whatever, I mean, it's just Nashville. There's a million good songs, you know? There's so many songs that will never get cut. But for whatever reason nobody cut it and from then till now and we were just like this is the first record like it's it's not time to hold anything back like let's go like let's put the songs we believe in on there so um and it was you know it just always was a song it was a no-brainer for me from the start i mean the day we wrote it i was like yeah i'm in like let's go to the studio (laughs) now now that that song does have a little personal touch too am i am i right on that certainly certainly and 
you know, when when you're doing a song like that, that's a little more personal. Is it weird to get in that frame of mind, or is it kind of like you said on with day you don't and things like that? That it's just more you, and it feels natural. No, I mean, I think it is. I think everything's personal to some extent. You know, I mean, like day you don't is not a situation I'm living right now, but it's just one that I have lived before. You know, she is. You know, it. I feel like it's just so many people's like story kind of you know it's uh just felt like a universal thing like it, me and the co-writers uh, i wrote it with john morgan and bryce Maudin and we were just like it felt so natural because we were just talking about like they both have girlfriends as well and john's married to um it, or hit, what was his girlfriend at the time i guess um but yeah we were just talking about like the things that we loved about them and keeping it simple and real you know and that's that's what shook out I was going to say, you know, when when you're coming up with ideas, what what is that writing process like? Is it sometimes the title, sometimes the chorus, sometimes just maybe a line here or there that just stuck with you and you're able to, once the the room is just right, they, the, it comes together? Yeah, it's it's always different, you know. It's a, there is a formula and there isn't at the same time. I'm, it's a different. It's different for person to person. For me, I mean, I write a lot directed at a title because that's just kind of like a Nashville thing I guess that's probably how I grew to do that but primarily I write focused towards the guitar like I I like to have a something that makes me feel something different some sort of riff or progression or something that sparks a like this you know this feel goes with this title this that's kind of how I like to think about things but it's different for everyone, well, for sure. I mean, I bet everyone in town would tell you something different. Well, and I, I think everyone's also said if you can find the magic formula every time, bottle it up and sell it because it's not like it's it's a perfect formula. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Like some days you just have it. I mean, yesterday I wrote a song and like I was sitting here, you know, in the mornings I like to play through stuff just to get loose and see if anything sparks. And it was like, boom, I was like, there, there's a thing and there's a title I walked in there and I was like here we go and they were all like yeah and it was boom 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 straight to the bottom you know which is like you get one of those out of every 50 days or something you know but those so are that's days. a good day that's a good day yeah, those are great but also like the day that takes four hours on the first day five hours and then you have to come back a second day and for three more hours like those are awesome too. A lot, I mean, there's no formula that just goes to show you never. I mean, anything could happen. Like well, and, playing uh, I'm, lottery every day. <laughs> and sometimes you're a little luckier than than others, right? <laughs> exactly right. Now you, you've mentioned you know you've put out two two songs you know two singles already this year. You got another one probably on the way. So I'm guessing that's leading to more new songs, maybe album, maybe EP. What can you tell me that won't get you in trouble with anyone? Oh, I don't think anything will get me in trouble. We got an EP coming. <laughs> um, it, I think it'll be out maybe by like the summer. I'm not sure what the dates are because like they've kind of been moving stuff around because like she is came out quicker than we thought. So they've like moved it up. So, but yeah, I think we're just kind of, it's, some singles you know um i don't know how many um i know we cut seven songs for the first half but uh and then all i know after that is that we have a listening meeting tomorrow to talk about the back half so oh. we'll see 
what what gets I done, like it. Uh, or how many more. I don't know, but I know that there's definitely two or three that got to get cut. <laughs> I like it. A good tease. Wanting, wanting more, wanting more, uh, no doubt. Like, but, you know, obviously, you know, when you're kind of in, you know, your career arc as you're, you're building and, and so forth, you know, you've put out some songs back in like 18, 19. Is it hard to be patient and not always put stuff out and, and just kind of play stuff and see what works or how does that work for you? And, and I mean, is it a patience thing or is it just kind of how it, it is? It is what it is. It is patience, but it's, it's like, you just have to let, let go of it. Especially like when you have a team, you have to trust them. Like that's what you have them for. If, if you don't trust them, just go independent. And cause you're basically saying, you know, better than them, you know? My theory has been like, they don't mess with me about making the music, so I'm not messing with them about putting it out. You know, <laughs> like that's that's what that's their job. You know, they're good at that, and I make music, so I just come to them and say, "Here's the songs," and they say, "These are, we'll take these. These are awesome." You know, what do you think? And I'm like, "Yeah, I thought the same thing." And then, boom, I say, "Y'all, y'all run with it." I don't know. I you know, I don't. uh wouldn't mess with them about that at all. I was going to say, I mean, what is it like to have, you know, like River House, uh, which, you know, Luke Holmes is home and, and things like that, to be part of that and have that, that ability to have, have some, some confidence in knowing what's, what's going on and, and trust in those folks. It's so good, man. I mean, it, you know, I'm sure, I'm not sure what it's like anywhere else. I, you know, I always say like, I only know my experience. Um, but dude, it's, it's awesome. Like, like I was saying, it's so much like creative freedom. Like when I started talking about this new, Thing that I was working up in my head they were like yeah like all in it. whatever you want to do like how can we help you know it's it's just it's all how can we help every time it's there's never any questions of what, like why are you doing this or whatever it's always great who do you want to write with who do you want to produce it everything has been it's a dream world basically and it's an amazing place too like as far as the building goes we have a studio great writers room um the whole nine yards. It's amazing. I, I love everybody who works there. It's a big old family. Well, and it, it's definitely led to some, some good, good music. Like I said, I, I really love day. You don't, um, I lo love playing that in the car. She is, is also a great song uh, as well. And, and one that I, I, I can see why everyone said it was, it was a good one and they wanted to, to pitch it around, but okay. what else can folks expect, expect from you here in, in 2023? I know you kind of mentioned some more new music with anything else. I mean, we're on the road too. Like we did, I think today we just announced a bunch of tin roof shows. So we're doing a bunch of full band shows in some places that I've never got to play full band. Cause like a, a whole bunch of the stuff that I've opened up for has been acoustic, which is great. But, um, especially with the new music, it, it translates really well to the band. So I'm excited to bring that, you know, a bunch of places that we haven't been. It'd be awesome. I think we're playing even as far up North as Detroit and then all the way down to like Orlando. So We'll cover a good stretch, and uh, I, I'm like I said, I just love the road. I'm excited to be back out there, and the music. Well, it's you know more important. I was gonna say it's your music. I can tell definitely can translate into a good show because sometimes you got to worry. Sometimes things you know you hear it on the track and you're like, okay, I love that. And then you go to the show and you're like, uh oh. But I feel like with you being the guitar guy, driven that way, it's gonna be a good show. And that's what you know. Largely, the thought with when we we're going to the studio with this was. Let's make it feel like a band's playing. Let's make it feel like humans are playing it. 
I mean, one of the songs we could, I think the next song we're releasing actually, it's it's called Can't Please Them All, um, which I guess, I'm, I guess I can tell you that, whatever, who cares? <laughs> uh, like when, we, when we recorded that song, like there wasn't even a click track, like a metronome, you know? It was uh, like, we recorded it and the guy running the session was like, hey, like we got to run that again. Like I didn't even have the timing right. And uh, my producer Sadler was like, nope. He was like, that's good how it is. Like run it. So, you know, we just wanted to keep it loose, make it feel human. Like, that's what it's all about. Like, music has to breathe. I wanted it to feel, you know, like it grows and um, is a thing live. It, you know, you can feel it. Well, I, I can't wait to see what, what you've got coming up because, like I said, I've really enjoyed uh, the songs that you've been been putting out. And uh, your social media is fun as well, <laughs> well to, to see your, your fun life and your, your family. And, and who knows, maybe a few more baby videos of uh, – uh, you know, the series continues. It's <laughs> more of those for sure. <laughs> well, well, Reed, I appreciate you sharing a drink with me and talking some music and, and I, I, this was fun, man. Thank you so much for having me. I, I so appreciate it. Find more from hops and spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks everybody. Bye.